0: rain maker Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you are having an absolutely fantastic day, night, evening, whatever it is you're sitting down to listen to this. Now, the wrestling world in Winnipeg was taken by storm a few months ago when WPW, Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, announced Rumble at the Burt, a massive event taking place at Burton Cummings Theatre. And... By the time you're listening to this, this will be a few days away, so it's perfect timing just to get even more excited for that. My guest today may not be on the card, but she is very familiar with Winnipeg Pro Wrestling as she's been here before. Joining me today on the podcast, none other than Amina Belmont. Amina, how are you doing?
1: I am amazing. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good. You know, we're uh, we're rocking and rolling on this Thursday evening. You know, almost evening. So I'm very excited to chat with you today absolutely so let's start from the beginning because when i was doing my research looking up amina belmont there is not much about you out there so let's start from the beginning what like growing up what sort of things were you into what was childhood like for you oh
1: i'm growing up i was very much into wrestling i would say that was like my family super bowl i You know i went to private schools i rode horses i did arts i did track and field i did tennis for a very long time um i did martial arts like uh, muay thai um i also spent a lot of time just like at home Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: reading books um i was on the dance team okay point in time and during yeah that was fun.
0: so you did have like a lot of very different like uh recreate like sports activities you took part in so all that sort of stuff
1: yeah do uh, you, oh go ahead no i was gonna never mind
0: <laughs> um do you remember what your very first introduction to wrestling was
1: Yes, it was my, it's one of my, like, first memories. It's really weird. It's me and my family. We are gathered around the television, and Rey Mysterio is just on the screen. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know who he's wrestling. I couldn't tell you what it was, but it was just Rey Mysterio just there, and that's, like, my first wrestling memory, and it's such a cool memory. So it's just me, my family. We have food popcorn soda pop everything and then like just Rey mysterio on the tv mm-hmm. that's all i remember the
0: the correlation between like ray mysterio and like younger fans is like it like peanut butter and jam because they just go together like instantly attractive and i guess it was the exact same for yourself
1: oh absolutely i loved his um his entrance when he like he had his theme song Who's sat jumping out the sky and he would literally jump out of the stage that was my favorite thing (laughs) he used to like i was obsessed with that entrance when he changed it i was really sad but then i found out how old he was and i was like i'm actually glad he changed it because (laughs) it was like really bad for his knees i guess and i was like Well, yeah (laughs) jumping that way out of the sky would be detrimental to the knees.
0: yeah because i think he's got to be like in his 50s by this point yeah. and he still moves like he's like you know maybe not 18 but like still fairly young you know like he still can That's move insane. pretty well
1: he he moves like he drank out of the fountain of youth for years it mm-hmm. is insane
0: mm-hmm. when you were younger did you guys go to a lot of local shows at all or like go out to live events
1: no, my first wrestling show that I went to was in the Philippines. WWE had a, um, and I was what like seventeen, eighteen. WWE had a um, they had a house show, and it was in the Philippines, and I got, to, I got to see Roman Reigns and Kofi Kingston and Charlotte and Bayley Bailey were there. Okay. Yeah, and I got to just, like, watch them wrestle for the first time and, like, be there in person, and it was really fun. And Mm -hmm. that was, like, a couple of months after I got accepted into the wrestling school I ended up going to, so that Mm -hmm. was really exciting for me. I was like, ah!
0: Well, you went to Black and Brave, correct? Yes, I did. And so, what made you choose that one out of all of the ones out there? Because the options—I mean, there are a lot of options.
1: It had a bunkhouse. It yes. had something for me to stay. Like, okay. we didn't my family and I were living overseas at the time, so um, we didn't really have. Well, we did. We had a house in Florida, and but I all the rest schools in Florida were just like three hours out four hours out and my mom was like, that's a long drive for you to be <laughs> here every day for three months. So we were trying to find a place with a bunkhouse, and Black and Brede had a bunkhouse, So I, and my mom really liked it and I really liked it as well. Um, it seemed really legit. And so signed up, got in and the rest is street
0: like when you first show up for your first uh training session like because I mean it's like a whole new world you did have the you know the Muay Thai training and stuff like that you know you you were a very active person but what were you thinking when you first entered there
1: for the first time I'm gonna die that was that was was it yeah because oh it was so weird because you came in they did you know the introduction thing and then we because the first day of training for Black and Brave isn't, it's more of a workout thing. And then you get into training just like to show you all the workout stuff that's going to be done and stuff. So that was extremely hard. Um, I was exhausted afterwards. My body felt like death. I felt like the corpse bride and just like the corpse version of it. I felt dead. Mm-hmm. I was just exhausted. And it was only the first day.
0: So for your first day, was it like a group of you where it was all of your first, uh, first time stepping foot in there or was the class already had like a few, you know, it, it was already going and then you were like a new addition to it.
1: No, they start, um, new classes. Sorry if I blacked out there. That was weird. No. Um, they start new classes. Like when you start it, there's a, it's a group of like new classes. English um it's like when you start your first year of school it's yeah. you come in with that same batch of kids and then mm-hmm. you guys just go on and on through the school year it's like that but smaller and three months
0: okay okay
1: So everyone is new to that so
0: it's, everyone
1: some people did already like train previously that we had a guy in our class, Nancy Nick Nolan, he trained previously and then came back into it.
0: Okay. So for your training, I mean, you were doing that every single day, pretty much. Um, Or did you guys have like, you know, every other day? uh,
1: It's a three day week program. And then on the week, we go to the um, CSW local shows, CSW, SCW. Okay. SCW locker shows, SCW pro locker shows, um, and help out set the ring, head on the ring, help with everything that they may need. Um, and then we did workouts. Okay.
0: Did you find with your class, you know, like did people drop out or was it everyone kind of made it all through the end? No. No.
1: Okay. No, I don't think there's ever been a class in black and white that made it all the way through the end. Like they all came in and they all made it through. No, we had uh, we had people dropping like flies the first couple of weeks. We kind of got every we got everyone, everyone who stayed till the end. That was kind of finalized in a couple of weeks, and then like the seven of us kind of like persevered. But I think like Mm -hmm. four of us started maybe sixteen, and then. They just drop like flies the first couple of weeks
0: they really weed them out after like the going gets tough and you're really getting into the thick of things
1: yeah
0: <laughs> so how long after you started your training before you had your first match <laughs> as as the fire truck zooms by
1: just rude um <laughs> it was the first like I graduated and then the next week I had my first match
0: okay and when did you graduate because you've been wrestling for a few
1: years now I've been wrestling for a year it was a year August 13th was my year anniversary and August 13th was my first match I had my first thirteenth last year Against Maggie Lee, just Maggie Lee,
0: and how how did that go for you? What were your thoughts heading
1: in? Like, it was amazing. I yeah. it was it was amazing. It was so good that like for a while, um, it was my favorite match. Just mm-hmm. even like as I was like wrestling other people and stuff like that, it was just this euphoric, just feeling that like. I had during, after, before the match. and It was just like every other match at that point was just trying to get back to that. It was like really, it it went very well. It went better than either I or our coaches or my mum could even expect it went extremely well. And I think it's just because Maggie and I have such good chemistry and it just flowed beautifully. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was magic. It was amazing.
0: It's one of those things where, like you know, you're really putting your all into everything. You're doing the training. You're 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 you know you're working your ass off to you know become a wrestler. And then when you get to have that match, you're almost on like cloud nine afterwards because like it just everything you've worked for has been able to come true. Yeah. Um. So uh, before we go too far in it, I want to ask about your your Muay Thai. How long did you do training for that?
1: What a year. You- it it started off as a hobby because i'm not really a gym girly i don't like going to the gym i don't like lifting weights i don't think it's fun unless i'm doing (laughs) it with like a friend and Mm -hmm. they they like i'm doing their workout like i don't like planning my own workout i don't like the idea of drinking pre-workout before my workout and it just it just all sounds like a lot yeah. for like it so i don't like doing it so my mom and i wanted to find something because before that we did um you know that show where they have people going on like these um obstacles like
0: and, like wipe out almost
1: yeah but it's like it's the other show not Wipeout
0: like American Ninja Warrior
1: we found this place that was like a training facility for people who did American Ninja Warrior and we did that every other day it was so much fun and then COVID happened and they got shut down and so we had to find another place to do our training and stuff and so we found a Muay Thai um, we found a Muay Thai dojo or gym Mm -hmm. and started doing that and it was extremely fun and did that for about a year but previously before that when I was younger I did just a wee bit boxing not a lot I wouldn't call myself professional because I'm not but it was fun just like to do stuff
0: (laughs) like I took some some classes they had like a drop-in and stuff like that where they teach you different boxing stuff and when you actually get like there and you're working around the bag or you're like kind of lightly sparring with someone and like you're learning the stuff and you slowly start picking it up. Like it's actually kind of like, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm actually getting this, you know, it makes it worthwhile after a while.
1: Yeah. I didn't have a sparring partner because we did private classes. (laughs) So I just had the, my trainer. And then my mom was there and her trainer. And then my mom bought a friend every once in a while and it'd be them and their trainer. And I would just, I would just do stuff with the trainer. So I didn't really, I didn't have that sparring experience, which I think is probably why I don't really retain a lot of the knowledge. <laughs> like I did have someone to like actually spar with, so it's probably why I didn't. I don't remember much from it. Like I can do the stuff to like a, a bean bag or what did you call that? Um, uh, the heavy bag. Yes, that yeah. thing. I, I can do it to that, but like if on the streets, catch me slipping.
0: <laughs> not happening
1: i'm sorry <laughs> you can have it all <laughs> like
0: did you feel that you're you know like kind of training in that did it help at all with uh at black and brave when no. you know you stepped in there not at all eh not at all. no no <laughs> <laughs> um like coming out of the the course you you said that you know some people had dropped off do you still keep in touch with the ones that you were able to graduate with
1: yes yes yeah. definitely i'm um, like we've i feel like every class is like their own little kind of bonding clique i do talk to almost everyone i graduated with that's still here mm-hmm. the ones that moved away afterwards i lost all communication with i don't really talk to them but like they're like you know, once in a while, we text each other catching up. Hey, still alive? Like, yeah, I'm still alive. All right, bye. Okay.
0: <laughs> just making sure they're still around, and then they just okay. keep going. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask because, like, you know, I've seen you wrestle here twice. I've uh, been able to watch some of your matches on YouTube. Like in the ring, you're so incredibly quick. You're very precise in the ring with your movements. Like, who were some of your biggest inspirations?
1: Zach Sabre Jr., Alex Shelley, Rami Cedio, and Randy Orton. Yeah. I would say are my top four for just, like, who I watch to learn stuff. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I would say that every time I watch a match, I learn something from everyone. But I would say I seek out those four people's matches more so that I could have a better understanding of, how and what I want to do in life.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you're watching some of those guys, like when you're watching a Zack Sabre Jr., how has, you know, he changed how you look at wrestling?
1: Um, I feel like for that, like, I'm never stuck. Like if, because he's just so good at getting in and out of holds and just, mm-hmm. you know, twisting like joint manipulation and putting people in holds, taking people out of holds switching around getting out of holds and I feel like he's kind of taught me that you're never stuck in a situation or you're never stuck in a hold you just haven't you just don't know how to get out of it Mm so that is what I've kind of learned for him from him and then Alex Shelley he's just uh, mind-blowingly amazing he's just so good at everything his matches are just so beautifully done
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and not gonna lie to you. Sometimes I watch that man's matches and I'm like, I'm tired. You have <laughs> audio of a oh god. I am I'm so tired. But I definitely if you watch my matches, you can see I've kind of taken a couple of things from Alex Shelley. Um the ones that I can keep up with. Because that man just he's like a flash. It's, it's he's just like going, go, go.
0: go. And he took a break too. I mean, during COVID, he stepped back to, you know, to work his regular job and everything. And then he came back and he never lost a step. Like he was still in there just as good, if not better, than before.
1: I think um he also, when he was taking his break, did a lot of cardio training as well. And cause he's also a um What are those things called? Those people Physiotherapist?
0: Yeah, physiotherapist.
1: So I think he did a lot of that for himself. And so when he came back, I was like, oh, my God. Just, he's just He did not lose a beat at all. Like, he, mm-hmm. I feel like he got better. Like, with the knowledge <laughs> he had and then the training he did, he just got better. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh.
0: Like, when you – because, I mean, you're watching these matches, trying to take things from them. Do you find oh. that it almost, like, changes how you view wrestling now? Like, you know, as – differently from a fan perspective
1: absolutely especially now that like i um i got the training and i know what to look for and what not to look for i can never i can never watch wrestling like my 13 yourself again i just can't do it
0: Mm -hmm. even
1: if i want it to like it changed my perspective on a lot the ins and out of the business and still learning the ins and out of the business and what you should do and what you shouldn't do and how to do this and how not to do that and how you can learn everything from every match, even if you think it was really, really bad. And just getting the feedback from my coaches and the graduates before me, it's really insightful and it just changes the way you see everything in wrestling. Like, Every match, like, I can't watch a match and not learn something, whether it's what to do or what not to do, or it's how to do something, like, how to get into something or how to reverse mm-hmm. out of something or a reversal that could go into a move that I like to do or that I do on a daily basis. Like, mm-hmm. there is just – watching wrestling now, it's, like, it's like going to class. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. The
0: uh, I think one of the things that, like, because people always – you know, you've heard them talk and it's like, you have to slow it down in there. And like, I kind of thought like, you know, before that I was, you know, like, I'm always thinking like, oh, keep going, keep going. And then you watch a match and after you like, you know, watch for the pacing and things like that, like it starts to make a little bit more sense, like just with telling a story, you know, it doesn't always have to be like the boom, 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 boom. Like sometimes you have to let something breathe a little bit and not just jump right into the next thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was something we, we're told to do a lot (laughs) and a lot there's like slow down you're going way too fast we're like what do you mean (laughs) what does that mean because we think we're in there for like like if something gets messed up we think holy crap we think we feel like the world is ending we've been laying here for too long they know what happened and then like we just like speed through the next thing and they're like and then like the coaches would be like i don't know what happened but something you guys just were going too fast and were like, well because this happened they're like well we couldn't tell so you, you should have just slowed down yeah. <laughs> just it's it's impeccable how um just how our brains could like just that simple slow down breathe Get back on track could mm-hmm. fix so many like so many fuck ups that would happen mm-hmm. that we think that everyone just noticed, but it's like, well, they wouldn't have noticed if you just kind of slowed down and got back on track versus just freaking out and being like, oh my god, it like it, 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 you know, so yeah,
0: yeah. Sometimes the, the people watching. Aren't even going to notice unless you, you know, address it yourself, you know, like because they could be watching everything else going on in there, it could slip past them, and then you can just kind of, you know, reset, keep going at that point. No. Um, I wanted to ask because I mean, you made your debut in Winnipeg earlier this year with uh Winnipeg Pro Wrestling, and I mean, you came in and there were signs there for you and everything, I mean, like that. The crowd was hot that night. Let's talk about your first trip to Winnipeg and, you know, just your overall experience with it.
1: First trip to Winnipeg, like, was, it was fun. It was really fun. It was my first time in Canada, so that was a blast. Um, Being in the arena and just coming out, seeing, seeing my, like, the, 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 sign the sign of like my face and everything that was really um that was really heartwarming i still have it it's in my room it was really heartwarming heartwarming and i didn't expect there to be like i didn't expect them to have a sign i didn't expect everyone to be so excited um i didn't expect anyone to know who i was i was really happy with The reaction, and the match went beautifully, even though he did not win that night. The match was so much fun. It told a really good story. It was very entertaining, and I'm glad that the fans left happy, and that the promoter left happy, and that everyone just was having a really great old jolly time. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one of my favourite shows that I've done, just because the atmosphere was just so warming and exciting, and you could tell that the fans really cared about wrestling and they weren't, like, those smart marks just kind of looking for things to, like, pick at and, like, like nitpick and, like, oh, she didn't do this and she didn't do that. And it was just... It it was really... It felt like people came there to watch wrestling and just enjoy themselves. And those are my favourite kind of um, fans to perform in front of. Mm -hmm. Just because they're just... It's so easy to just go out there and have fun when that's all they want from you. They just want you to have a really good match and for everyone to be safe and, you know, to come back next time because that's like, that's what they came to do. They came to have fun. And I feel like some people take it way too seriously when the objective of wrestling is to have fun and to stay safe and to just like tell really good stories. So it was really fun. I felt like Winnipeg really did that for me. And it, It was a blast and I would love to come back and I can't wait until I go back. I mean,
0: you and Two D Lynn had like incredible chemistry in the ring together. And I mean, like you had mentioned, the crowd was, they were on fire that night. And I mean, that's, it's a regular occurrence with WPW. And I mean, you did that show and then you were back a few months later wrestling the outdoor show, like different venue, but like, it was still a very fun vibe being there outdoors.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um I usually hate outdoor shows, but I love that one. It wasn't really hot, it was pretty windy, so it wasn't dying in the rain, but like it was just a really good vibe and the people there made it worth that long drive. <laughs> so it was it was worth it and it was so much fun to do and it was it's definitely something that I look forward to when um Winnipeg pays having a show that I'm available for. It's some, I barely, I really look forward to them asking me if I'm available and having me on the shows because it's just so much fun to do. So.
0: You've worked quite a few outdoor shows this past summer, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> it just seems like every other show is outdoor show and there you are and it's just, it gets tiring after a while.
1: Yeah, it, it depends on the weather and I just, Quad Cities, it's really hot during the summer, but we're kind of pushing into winter. So it's more like bearable and it's like windy, but it's also just like the sun's out and there's no rain. Well, actually, a couple of shows did get cancelled because of rain. But I feel like we're moving past that stormy, Mm -hmm. rainy season and like into the cold and autumn type vibes going on here.
0: Do you notice a big difference? I mean, it's only been a couple shows, but have you noticed a difference between working in front of Canadian and American crowds at all?
1: There are a lot more, um, the C- Canadian crowds are a lot like when you get out, like they're just, they're at a 10 the entire show. Like they're mm-hmm. just out of 10 the entire show. There's no kind of, they're just like out of 10. Maybe they go down to a five, but, like, they're very much, like, it's not easy to get – I mean, it's not hard to get them. Mm -hmm. With a couple of American shows, it's kind of hard to get the crowd. Sometimes they don't really know. I mean, they're not really wrestling fans, so you have to know your – I just feel like you have to know your your audience when you wrestle. Mm -hmm. You have to know, you know – are these like really good wrestling fans, are the people who have never watched wrestling your entire lives and they just wanna have a good time. You have to know your audience in order to have the match that they'll enjoy. So I just think knowing your audience is really important. It's more on the wrestler to know their audience than the crowd to like know their wrestlers. I just, I don't know. But like it's, I wouldn't even say there's a difference. I would, I would just say you have to know your audience and who yeah. you're sitting in front of to make sure that they have a good time because yeah. they have a good time and you have a good time. You
0: know? It's very true because, I mean, like everyone's there to watch you. So you kind of you do have to pay attention to what they're vibing with, what they're picking up, what, you know, is getting them excited because like you could be doing moves in that but if they're not you know if they're bored they're not following along then okay you have got to change it up and try to grasp their attention because if you can do that you're going to have the meeting out of the palm of your hands
1: right yeah and then you know you have a really good match and those are matches that people see that are probably really high up and really important and then they invite you to have a match on a a bigger show and a bigger show and a bigger show and a bigger show and then look you're like amazing and everyone loves you and you're signed. Exactly
0: um now I mean you're a year into this do you have any set goals you've put aside for your things you've you would like to accomplish
1: um just like a sort of like bucket list things at all I would love to wrestle in the UK yeah I would love to wrestle in Japan I would love to do um, like a little tour in Japan that would be um, that would be really fun um I want to get signed to WB, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a long-term goal. But, um, I want to wrestle in all 50 states. Okay. That is something that I want to do. Um,
0: How many are you at so far? <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know
0: okay that's fair i just i figured i'd throw that out there just to see how, how many you've chipped away at.
1: like seven or eight states i've probably more but i don't know because i wrestle fairly in the same places so i think maybe yeah. seven or eight i don't think no more than ten okay so i got about 40 more to go
0: <laughs> you got this um now i mean you i mean the past you know six months or so you have like been tearing it up in the midwest Putting on some fantastic matches. I mean, are there any that really stand out to you that you're very proud of?
1: My match at Madhouse that I had with Maggie Lee. Um, so that's one of my favorites. Yeah, that match. I mean, I'm going to go with that match. Like, yeah. I feel like there's another one, but I just can't find it. Mm-hmm.
0: That's fair enough. Um, now, I mean, I like to ask everyone for a match recommendation. So one that you're a fan of that you think that the listener should go check out. So it doesn't have to be one of yours. It can be any match that you've seen, but one that you're like, this is a great match. You might not know of it, but you should go watch it. I have two. Okay. Perfect.
1: Um, Jay White versus Eddie Kingston and new Japan and new Japan strong that match where loser leaves new Japan strong. Mm -hmm. and jay white and chris bay versus the City machine guns those are two of my favorite matches they're so good such good storytelling jay white is amazing 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 when it comes to storytelling i also love him as a wrestler but i can't do half the things he does so i just done <laughs> it's,
0: it, it's funny for like for himself like he is so great in the ring and like the way he could tell a story the way he can perform in there and like he really doesn't get the love and respect that he deserves like oh, you know?
1: I, I will give him the love and respect for like i, I have enough for all of us it's, oh
0: that's perfect
1: <laughs> um, i love jay i i remember watching him when he was like our way to me had his mohawk mm-hmm. I was just like, I really wish you stopped doing small people things and wrestle like a big guy. And then he went back to New Japan and started wrestling like a big guy. And I was like, hey, <laughs> hey.
0: <laughs> he had the ultimate glow up going from the baby face to like the bearded, jacked up guy.
1: Um, yeah, I love that for him.
0: <laughs> Um, Let's talk upcoming shows. What do you have coming up uh, in October for where people can find you?
1: Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, I have Northland October 7th. I have... Maybe I have Northland October 7th. I don't know about that yet. Don't quote me. I have CSW October 13th at Franklin Park, and then I have Dreamwave on the 14th in... Is that in Chicago? it's in illinois
0: okay okay
1: i know hold on let me find the poster because they've been posting about it another person doesn't get enough credit for how good they are is david finley I, I i was just looking up like the dream wife thing and his name popped up and people that i follow i love i also love david finley he's, he's gonna- really he stepped into his
0: own as soon as he's joined up with bullet club and it's kind of nice to see they have a great way of like taking that faction and like changing it to like how it fits the current like leaders of it
1: yeah um the so, name going to be in la salle illinois there are gonna be a lot of cool matches on that i'm really excited for that Janine wave show honestly
0: yeah, Dreamwave has been putting on some fantastic cards as of late. I've seen the flyers pop up in my feed, and you see some of the wrestlers on there, and like, this is gonna bang.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: So, um, for social media, where can people find you if they're not already following you, and or if you have anything else to plug?
1: You can follow me on Instagram at v amina v underscore I amina mean, uh, underscore Belmont. Why are there so many underscores? It's because my first I my Instagram. I got hacked. I got hacked and so I had to redo it. And since Amina Belmont was my other one, I was like, I had to do all that extra mm-hmm. stuff. And then my Twitter's the exact same way. the underscore Amina Belmont or X. My X.
0: <laughs> yeah, I still call it Twitter too.
1: So. <laughs> oh. Perfect. I think yeah, that's all I have. Oh, I mean if you guys are thread people um it's the same thing the underscore amina beaumont you can basically find me anywhere that i'm on at the underscore amina beaumont if you can't find me i'm not on it so. Perfect.
0: don't fall for any imitations follow it's the not, real
1: deal it's not me
0: <laughs> amina thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it
1: yes thank you for having me it was really really fun Thank you
0: so much to Amina for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I truly appreciate her taking time out of her day to talk wrestling, and I'm very sorry that I quickly accidentally cut her off there as she was talking. But thank you to her, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on all social media, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Email at Um Up on all podcast streaming platforms, if I didn't say that one yet. I have t-shirts available, $25 a piece. And you can find me every Saturday up on Love Wrestling doing For Exposure with my good friend Plugo as we take a look at the world of independent wrestling. It's a lot of fun. There's some great content up on Love Wrestling.
1: So do not miss out on that. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.